Welcome to the Washington Union Alliance Church Podcast, an archive of our recorded sermons. We're a Christian and Missionary Alliance Church located in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. For more information, go to wuac.org. What if God is doing the impossible, even if it all is going seemingly wrong? What if God is up to the impossible, even though it could be going seemingly all wrong? God is a God of the impossible. Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is too hard for God, and nothing is too out of bounds for God's hand of redemption. The incarnation, when God sent Jesus as a baby like us, the incarnation is proof that God works in and through the impossible. God works in the bleak, in the dark, in the chaos, and brings forth his mercy. She's the one who's pregnant. She is unwed at this point in time, uh, perhaps labeled by her friends and family unfaithful, a nobody. In her day, the Jewish law subjugated her to be stoned. She, was, she just told her fiancé that she's pregnant. And somehow, in some way, that both of them are going to make this thing work. Just trust me, she adds. Most people believe that Mary could be about 14 to 15 years old at this point in time. Not much in the eyes of the world of her day. Inexperienced, so to speak. In the world's eyes, too young to know much of the world, to have accomplished anything. But from all of her indications, her life would not be extraordinary. She'd marry humbly, give birth, and raise a family on few means and resources, and never travel far than a few miles away from her home. And one day, she would pass away like many of the others before her, in a back road town, off of, just off the back, road, back streets and back roads of town. And a young lady from a small town was engaged to be married to a man who, had no, who has no recorded words said in the New Testament. In fact, he's only referred to a handful number of times in the Bible, yet God powerfully used him. And such were the humble beginnings of the earthly father of Jesus. And such is the beginnings of how God chose to show himself through the beginnings of Mary and Joseph. And this is how God chose to enter your world and my world, a world of hard places, a world with human flesh. Through these two people, a humble teenager and a young Jewish carpenter, two people in the world's eyes, extremely unlikely, extremely unlikely, and people without any kind of notoriety. So you feel like God can't use you? Or or God simply cannot, just simply can't birth life out of your circumstances? God can't simply just, he cannot birth life out of my current circumstances in life. He just can't do it. In your past, maybe it's in your family. Maybe you're wondering if your family, if God can birth any kind of new life in your family. Or maybe it's your past. Maybe you feel as though it's too much to overcome for God. You see, the backdrop of the birth of Jesus was a world that was ruled by the Roman Empire. And 400 years of silence had gone on. And it felt as though God was silent in between the Old and New Testament. You see, there were false claims about the Messiah. False messiahs came and went. And now they're ruled by a ruthless and corrupt dictator named 
Herod, who was installed by Caesar and was distrusted by the people. He was brutal. And so we find the world of the first century very cynical about the promises of God. And in the midst of a bleak midwinter to a people who had lost heart, God broke in and he announced the coming of the Son of God. You see, the face of God in the fle- is born in the flesh are born from these humble beginnings. What might God, what could God be doing in your circumstances this year? You see, what could God be doing in those humble circumstances? What could God be doing in your circumstances this year? You see, this season offers us the chance to offer the one whose amazing life gave birth to this season, both our joys and our sorrows and our happiness in our heaviness. This season offers us that chance to offer the one whose amazing life gave birth to this season our joys, our sorrows, our happiness and heaviness. If you have a copy of the scriptures, if you brought it this morning, we are going to be in Luke 1 and also um, in the book of Matthew 1, but you can go to Luke 1. Um, It's on page 723 of the Bible in front of you if you'd like to have a hard copy. And if you don't have a Bible, let me know and we'd love to give you one. Uh, We at this church value, we value the preaching and teaching of the scriptures. And it's my prayer that you would find a church that does the exact same thing, that preaches and teaches the scriptures faithfully. Make sure you find one that does. Uh, We're in a series called The Faces of Christmas. We're looking at various people that make up the Christmas story of how the birth of Jesus is told. And so um, there's no accident as to how God puts together and weaves together his story. And so we look at real people who help shape the birth of Jesus and who help bring Jesus in onto the scene because it's pretty amazing when you look at the story of Christmas and it gives me great joy and great hope to look at these kinds of people. And I pray that the faces of the Christmas story might begin to shape you and experience your life and that you may be able to find the Lord in a brand new way and might be able to find him today, even now, in a brand new way. So verse 26 of Luke chapter 1, we'll go there together. It says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named who? Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was what? Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be what? Afraid, you, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him what? Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary said this, How will this be? She asked the angel, since I am a virgin. And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will what? overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she was to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. There's one little phrase here that says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be according to your word. Mary's response to her head spinning, filled with questions, uncertain of what all this meant, she says, here am I, the servant 
of the Lord. She was saying yes to trusting and believing in God's word. She said yes to God despite, according to the law of that day, young women who were illegally engaged and pregnant were subject to stoning, according to Deuteronomy 22. She said yes despite knowing the high mortality rate among women. She said yes knowing that it would dash her dream wedding day and that she'd be the subject of town gossip despite her conception being from God. And when God had interrupted her plans, she surrendered. Not my will, but yours. And surrender to God and His Spirit and His Word. Total life surrender to God's working in her life despite a world telling her no. And Jesus teaches us to pray this way. To pray this way, according to, the, according to this in Matthew 6, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, according to the Lord's prayer. Father, let your will be done right here, just as it is in heaven itself. And when life stared at her in the eyes, she submitted to the king. When life gives, gives us questions, where or who or what do we turn to? Where do we turn? Who will we turn to? When darkness casts shadows, where and who do we turn to? Will you believe, even if it feels impossible? Will you rejoice when life looks like nothing like you imagined it to be? Will you endure even if the cost is high? Notice then down in verse 46, Mary breaks out in a song. This song is absolutely beautiful and rich and out of her heart. This is out of Mary's heart, deep within her soul. Luke chapter 1 verse 46 says, And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His what? His, what's that word? Mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the what? Humble. He has filled the who? Hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Mary's song, this comes out of, this comes out of response to what Jesus is doing and what, what, what God was doing in, with, with forming Jesus in her. You see, just as Jesus was being formed physically in Mary, we be formed by the Holy Spirit in us. And this is the calling of every person who calls himself a Christian. We accept Jesus into our lives. He gives us victory over sin, and then the Holy Spirit begins to work in us as he gives us victory over sin, and as we begin to walk more and more and more like him by his Spirit. It's all a miraculous doing. It's all a miraculous doing. If you're a child of God, the living God is being born in you this day. And as the Bible says that she was with child, he was with child. Um, so too does a child, does, so too does a woman when a child was born in them. When my wife, uh, when my wife was pregnant, when my wife was pregnant, everything changed for her. It changed how she ate. It changed her ability to do simple tasks. Uh, certain abilities changed. All these kinds of things changed. It changed everything with this. And the presence of Jesus in us changes everything about us. It changes, it changes us. It changes what we watch on TV. It changes what we click on, what we subscribe to, what we listen to, the things we laugh at, the way we are friends with other people, 
the way we talk and the way we respond, the way we move, Christ being formed in you. And Galatians 2.20 reminds us this, that I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer, it's no longer my life, but it's Christ living in me, the life I now live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And that's Galatians 2.20. You see, despite her circumstances, Mary found joy. And do you? Do me? When the angel comes and meets the shepherds, God announces that I will bring you good news of what? Great what? Joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And this is everyone, this is available to everybody who calls himself a follower of Jesus. And today the town of David has been born to you. And this is everybody, for everybody who receives the good news of Jesus. And this includes many of us who may not be as joyful right now. God broke through circumstances and time periods of darkness and hopelessness to bring and burst forth joy. A Savior. A Savior. Daniel Darling, he's an author, and he writes this. He says, you may be reading this from your own insignificant place, from the middle of nowhere, from places it seems that God has abandoned, but God knows your name. You may be rejected, unethical, or unspectacular, but if you are willing to say yes to God, you can know and be be reborn by the King of Kings. And this is the journey for every Christian. Everybody who receives Jesus is brought from death to life, from poverty of soul to the riches of heaven. So let's look at Joseph. Let's look at Joseph. Joseph's story is told from the Gospel of Matthew. So that's just two books previous to to Luke. So you want to flip there just a few pages just before in your Bible if you want to go there. Luke, we're going to be in Matthew 1, verse 18. So if you want to go there. Verse 18, it says this. This is a story about Joseph. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to who? Joseph, but before they came together, she was, found, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. It's not good news that, that the angel says both of them, both of them, do not be afraid. As soon as, as, soon as this, like calms the fears. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name, what? Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she had given birth to a son and he, gave, and he gave him the name Jesus. You see, Joseph responded to this, responded to this by being faithful and being obedient. Even if it was hard for him to fully grasp, even if it was hard for him at this point in time, he responded by being faithful and obedient. And do you respond in that type of way? Do you and do me? Emmanuel, Emmanuel with us, God with us by his spirit resides in you. Behold that truth today. When the son of God went back to heaven, the spirit remained. 
You are a walking Christmas story if you have received him as Savior. God with us was not just the holy night. It's for the maniac Monday, the weary Wednesday, and the saturated Saturday. The weary world does not have the final say because it has overcome, and Jesus has overcome the world. In Ezekiel 36, this is promised to us in the Old Testament. It says, I will give you a new what? Heart and put a new spirit in you, and I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. You see, we have the presence in us, in us, Emmanuel. We have the presence to bring Christ to other people because what God does in us, and we have that privilege by His Spirit. So how might we bring forth this opportunity this Christmas? This is God's way of assuring us that no matter what, that no matter what, how matter your darker circumstances may feel or be, no matter how afraid you might be, no matter what is happening in your life or the world around you, God is always with you. Jesus is the visible sign from God that God is with us. So who is this for? So who is this, this message for? If you go back to Luke and you go check out Mary's song, there's a couple of these little phrases here. Check out verses 48 and 53. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant, and he has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. You see, God comes to the humble and hungry. And are we humble and hungry for God to move in our life, hungry for God to move in our circumstances, hungry for God, for more of God in your life, hungry for God to do the impossible in your marriage, in your family, hungry for God in your life to give you joy. Today, would you let Jesus, would you let your experience, would you let that be shaped by his word through you? God decided to enter your world and my world, and he decided to enter it, and he did so long ago, and he does right now to all who call upon him. God decided to descend into the world through a teenage girl and a guy whose whole livelihood, a Joseph at this point, was in a box, a carpentry box, in a remote place, in the run-of-a-mill family, where probably there was more animals than people giving the Savior an entrance to the world. Will you let him enter your world right now? I mean, your world, not, not just simply your neighbor's world or your parents' world, but yours today. Will you let him enter into it? So you see, what might it look like in the winds of our culture, in the winds of our circumstances, and our families, and current life positions right now to humbly obey and surrender to God? How might God use obedient and humble and hungry people for his purposes in the world, for God to accomplish what he wants to do through you and through me, through you and through me. And maybe you, like Mary, have undergone long, long journeys, been on the end of some hard questions and much questioning, and walking through God through difficult times seems very difficult. And maybe that's your experience right now. But what might it look like to say, Lord, I trust you? And then receive the fullness of God dwelling in us as well. So as you anticipate the celebration of Christmas, but also the days and weeks to come, in what circumstance or relationship do you feel the greatest need to see the face of Emmanuel in that? God with us. God with you. What might it look like today if we lived according to Mary and Joseph where obedience produced joy? where submission to God produced 
a purpose far beyond Mary's and Joseph's imagination. You see, will you believe even when it seems impossible? Will you rejoice even when life looks nothing like you imagined? And as we sing this last song together, we pray that Emmanuel would come into your circumstances, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. You see, death does not have the final word. The joy giver, peace sustainer, now resides in you, resides in me. Reflect on that truth like it's a brand new gift. A brand new gift. Behold it close and proclaim it with all the passion that you can muster. Turn up the volume on joy to the world and put it on repeat. Ask the Spirit to give you deep joy from within and then let it rise up within your soul, washing away the weariness with resounding praise. And we can take hold of these words from Jesus in John 16, verse 33. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Worship team, will you come up? Let's pray together as we respond. Just quiet your hearts before the Lord. Kind Father, Lord, we are asking that, that Emmanuel, that you came long ago, but you still come. You come into the hearts of those who say yes to you, who respond to you. So maybe it's a weary circumstance. Maybe it's a dark circumstance. Maybe it's a circumstance that we may find ourselves right now. Maybe it's a deep valley. Maybe it's a lot of questions. Lord, today we pray that we would be hungry and humble to receive you. Hungry, hum, hungry and humble to receive your goodness. Hungry and humble to accept your word as it really is for us in our lives, in our circumstances right now where we are today. Lord, as we enter into this week together, as we enter into the week of coming up, leading up to your birth. Lord, help us to have newfound joy in a fresh way, in a God-honoring way, in a glorifying way that we may bring forth joy and that others may see that joy that's welling up inside of us, that's a deep-seated joy well within our soul. Lord, I pray for some that a new and glorious morn would break, a new song would break out in circumstances that maybe feel as cold as the darkest night. But we know by your son Jesus that you make all things new and you don't leave those stones unturned. So hear the cries of your people here today as we lift this before you. In your strong and mighty and powerful Name we pray, God's people all said together, amen. And if you'll stand with us, if you're able, we'll sing this together.